but I was sitting at a party and I think of it as you, you and Kevin came into the party. I think I've added that you put your hand on my eyes or blindfolded me or something, but let's just go with that. And you said, you have to come with us, right? You didn't tell me why though. Well, because you guys, you guys were at an yes. HBO party and I was, I was at, where, where, I was beautiful at mind. a Beautiful Mind, mind party. party on it. Must have been Universal. Must have been, been the Universal right? party. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. And you guys led me over to this other party. And I'm like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? And you lead me right up to Russell and I'm standing there in front of Russell, like, why am I here? And Russell's like, and you're there and Kevin's there. And he's like, hey mate, I want to introduce you to somebody. I'm tired of sucking up. I'm tired of sucking up and working for the man. Keeping people down cause the law book says I can. Cut my brothers and sisters, oh it's not the way to be. But honey, those days are gone cause baby, I am free. Welcome everybody back to another episode of the Randy Disher Podcast. All things monk and more. I'm Jason, this is Lara. Lara, say hi to everybody. Hi, Jason. What's up? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing really good. Um, so last week, Trailer Howard on the show. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was uh, that was an all things monk show. Yeah, it was a big monk show. Yeah. Yes. So you know what? I thought I'd uh, I thought I'd change gears today and I thought I would do more. All things monk and more. That's why I named the show the Randy Disher podcast, all things monk right. and more. So I wanted to talk about an actor, an incredibly talented actor, singer, songwriter, musician, and really just uh, generally all around good human. And that's who I wanted to talk about today. But unfortunately, I couldn't get him. So instead, I've got Scott Grimes. <laughs> Scott Grimes, welcome to the show. Dude, if you weren't, weren't going to make that joke, I was right on your heels. I was like, who are they having on? Because it's clearly not me. <laughs> well, I did my I did my best. But um, in all okay. seriousness, before we start, let me just do a quick a quick highlight reel, kind of uh, mm -hmm. the best of Scott Grimes. Uh, Party of Five, Band of Brothers, ER, feature film, Robin Hood, American Dad, the voice of Steve Smith, currently the Orville, another movie called Mystery Alaska. Ah, yes. Now... All those projects, Scott, I mean, they have great pedigree, great people, great directors. Uh, and now I ended with one specifically mm -hmm. called Mystery Alaska, which is where you and I met, my man. Um, yep. As one other distinctive thing, the four people on the Zoom call, right, on the on the podcast right now are the only four that probably saw that movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's that's uh, that's that's uh, that's very true. Uh, however, uh, however, uh, it is has become a cult classic, uh, especially in the sports world. Uh, Mr. Alaska, um, if, if uh, anybody uh, doesn't know out there, which we're assuming you don't know, uh, Mr. Alaska was a very, very cool hockey movie written by uh, David Kelly uh, and Sean O'Byrne, directed by Jay Roach, who you do know, certainly from the Austin Powers franchise. But Scott and I, we met each other on this film. Scott, how did we meet? Well, first of all, I'm going to say you were the first. I was on the plane with Mary McCormick, who's also in the movie, but uh, you were really the first person I met. Is that what you're getting at yeah. that morning? Well, yeah, yeah. And how did that go down? Terrible, terrible, terrible morning for me. So you got to understand that I, this is weirdly the first time in my career that I was being sent away somewhere for four months, away from my family, away from Los Angeles, you know, away from home. 
So I get off this plane and it's 116,000 below zero in Calgary. And I'm just, I'll be honest with you, now that I'm older, I'm scared. Like I really was. I went to this hotel. I thought I was suffering from altitude, altitude sickness, but now I look back, it was only like 7,000 feet. It was nothing. But, um, and I didn't get a wink of sleep that night. I woke up the next morning. I had like a 3 a.m. pickup and in the van was you, my brother. You were the first, and you could not have been, guys out there, I want to tell you, he could not have been nicer. He was, he, he was so kind and so welcoming, and I wasn't having it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm a nice human being, but this was one of three stories in my life where I was, I was a prick, wasn't I? Well, I well, I tell you what, you certainly didn't didn't accept the hot coffee that I brought to us both in the one hundred and twenty thousand degree minus weather. Yes, I, w- I was. I, I'll never forget. We we immediately went to this big uh, warehouse filled with hockey equipment that we were supposed to pick our equipment for the entire movie, and I kind of grabbed a pair of shoulder pads and laid down because I was so tired. And you came over with a cup of coffee, and, and I didn't drink coffee at the time. Uh, but I should have been nicer and been like, oh, thank you. Yes, please. I think I said no. And then <laughs> I think you said no. I think you said no in a few other words, possibly. I might have. At that time. I'm so um, sorry, dude. I really, I knew, I knew you were going to bring that up. Uh, <laughs> it was not my finest moment, but uh, then we got on the ice. And I mean, obviously, I remember that was the greatest time I ever had ever filming anything in my life. Well, you know what? Many things changed on that movie for, for all of us, I think. Uh, and the reason I do bring up Mr. Alaska and that story is because obviously it turned out very well because how many years later is it? And you and I are still, uh, still pals. Oh, yeah, absolutely, uh, man. And it was, again, best time of my entire life sharing that with you. Yeah. And we, uh, you know, both of us met a group of guys on that movie who we are still, you know, in touch with uh, today. Uh, and, you know, it really, for me, that movie really defined a lot of my life as a young actor and and my career as a young actor, because it was really my first real movie. Like, you know, I'd you know, done some other yeah. you know projects before, but nothing of that kind of caliber where you show up and you have literally eight weeks of hockey camp before you even yeah. start filming. And that's back in the day when we got to when you got to film for four months you know, on a movie and you got, and everybody was there and, you know, you you know, you, without, without a doubt, you make this bond with the guys you work with. And we missed you, by the way, a quick segue. We missed you on the NHL thing we did for the Lake Tahoe uh, when we all got together for the reunion that NBC asked us to do. So you were definitely missed there. Um, but it was yeah, a great catch I, up I, with I, those guys. I have, uh, there's, you know, I did, Jay Roach reached out to me after I couldn't be on that and sent me an email. And I told him a story that I love about Mr. Alaska, um, which is there was there was just something about that. I, I became like a, 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 as much of a man as I am. That's where I became that man because I had a routine there and I had the beautiful friends and it was there was two restaurants to go to. It just was a really, you know, a beautiful, intimate time with all of us. Right. And. When it all ended and I came back to Los Angeles, I was depressed for a couple of weeks. I didn't know how to, because now I didn't want to leave, you know, the opposite of when I got there. And I'll never forget a couple months later being, uh, we went into Loop. A bunch of us went to this, you know, to do this, you know, you, you'll help me explain what looping is, but people probably know. You go in and you fill in lines and grunts and moans That's right. and stuff, right? What was that place called on Olympic? Where was that? It's called what the Lantana Center or something, isn't it? Yeah. It's actually, Lantana. by the way, where yeah. I Lantana. auditioned for Band yeah. of Brothers. We'll get there. 
Um, so Jay Roach puts this VHS in and he says, Scott, come here. I want you to watch the, the end of the movie I cut together where Michael Buey's character, Connor, miss if you haven't seen it guys well come on it's been 20 something years you should see it but we don't score at the end and there's this moment of oh my god we didn't win and this music comes up and i'm not kidding you i started to cry and he, he played me this scene jay and i said jay i put my hand on his shoulder i said that music whoever wrote it that encompasses they, they were there with me I was really dramatic because I was crying. I'm like, whoever did that, it was, it, it's the smell and the feel of all four months and everything that I got to do. And I cried in front of Jay and he goes, Scott, 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 that's from Shawshank Redemption. It was just a temp track we have. <laughs> so then <laughs> so cut to cut to the premiere in New York and I go and afterwards I walk up to Jay and I go, whoever did that music? I just repeated the whole story again. But I just told him that story. Um, and what a, yes, uh, honestly, what a time. And I didn't get to see, because we only acted like hockey together, me and you. We didn't really have any yeah. scenes together. And anything we did, we were all talking hockey. When I ended up watching that movie and seeing you and your mustache <laughs> be, the, be the deputy, I'll never forget going, holy crap, man, this kid is good. Because, you know, acting in the hockey thing, it's all natural. We're, we're doing hockey stuff. And but you, I just was so wonderfully surprised, not, but that how, uh, what an actor you were. Well, you know, what's interesting too, I had a very, very similar, uh, similar experience because as I say, that's really the movie that brought me down to Los yeah. Angeles too. And that was because of guys like yourself, guys like Russ, who were like, dude, come on down. And, you know, I went down with a few Canadians with yep. Kevy. Uh, Michael Buey had already been down in Los Angeles, I believe, at the time. But that was kind of the impetus to get us down there. But I had a similar experience because, um, obviously, the the band that you refer to that sang the final song is yeah. the Pogues, who I was uh, a yeah. big fan of prior to that. Um, and that song had such an impact on all of us. It, in fact, we still often will send that song to us, to to one another. And we always say to each other when we say goodbye, and we did this at the NHL thing, we say we love. I love you to the end, pal. That's absolutely. And that's the true. title. And that's the title of yeah. that song. Uh, and and it's it's one of those things. And we always all references. Everybody does from from you we know from the movie. It. Uh, but someone it just shoots a guitar, a guitar or something when we're somewhere, and we always. Yeah, that's probably that someone is probably that someone is usually you. No, without question. Um, now listen, you mentioned this great dynamic and group of friends that you got. You were very fortunate to do another movie that had a very similar feel, brother, and you mentioned it just a couple of seconds ago, called Band yes. of Brothers. Now, I want you to tell me about that, because now here, here we're looking at a massive, massive movie. You're, you're months away. Where did you film that? Uh, England and Switzerland for 11 Right, months. so, okay, so, but you're gone, you're gone for yeah. months, 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 yeah. months. There is kind of a cast of thousands, but there is a core group of you yeah. guys that kind of are kind of carrying this, this, this mini-series. Uh, and uh, if if memory serves me correct, you know, this was kind of the beginning of these type of epic mini series. Like now we have the, the Game of Thrones, these kind of limited series that are happening all the time. But back then, man, we didn't have anything like this. This was kind of a one of a kind thing. The only thing I can relate it to is I did a mini series called Taken that Steven Spielberg did for, for sci fi at a much smaller, much smaller scope than this, but that's the only thing I can really relate it to. But tell me, talk to me a little bit about being on Band of Brothers and just kind of how all that came yeah. about 
for you because I know certainly uh, because I auditioned for it. Uh, I think every young actor in yeah. Hollywood uh, around the world uh, auditioned for this job. Uh, and uh, as 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 you and your buddies say, uh, you know, we few, we yeah, lucky few, uh, we we got the job. So tell me a little bit about that. You know, it's weird because to come back to Mystery Alaska, I knew I knew nothing was going to compare to Mystery as far as the camaraderie of people, and it was either you or Bowie or somebody like that. When I was leaving to do Band of Brothers, said, "Ah, oh, you're going to find it all over again." And you be, did, and you forgot all about us, and now like Damian Lewis yeah. and Ron Livingston, they're like, hey, what's up, look, Scott? Yeah, I had to look up your name before this uh, interview, <laughs> just because, no, it was the opposite, man. Band of Brothers was horrible to work on as far as uh, fun. We just didn't have any fun. It was that much work. Um, but I got, you know, in my career, I've been lucky enough, one job, like I auditioned for Mystery Alaska, so that would be a job I got on my own, but most other jobs that I've done, or all through other relationships, like Meg Lieberman cast Party of Five. Uh, Party of Five was written by these people that I worked on this Canadian show called Birdland on. So I did Party of Five because of that. And then I got the audition through Meg Lieberman for Band of Brothers. Um, so it was, I doubt I would have been in on that, except for Meg going, okay, you have red hair. There's a guy named Malarkey. Turns out, by the way, Don Malarkey doesn't have red hair. He's blonde and gorgeous and blue eyes, but they wanted uh, the name Malarkey to sound, you know, it sounds already kind of like a goofy Like a ginge. Guy. Yeah, like a ginge, exactly. And uh, I, I, it was one of those things, you'd thrive at it too, Jay, where they just, Spielberg and Hanks just decided to get all the guys that they liked and put them in a room together, mix them up and try to, and see what would happen. See who kind of, and I could, I could call out a bunch of people that I went in the room with uh, that just blew it just by trying to be, hey, look at me, Tom, look at me, Steven. And that just wasn't their thing. They wanted people to, they didn't want like stars or, or personalities that were going to get in the way. Or uh, So I didn't know that at the time. So I went in and was just nervous. It was just, okay, I'm going to say the lines you tell me to say. I'm going to say them the best that I can and try to be this character. And that, I think, in in, in hindsight now, got me the job because other actors were, oh, I want to say their name so bad, but I can't, um, went in again and tried to like dance and, and, and make it about them. Uh, but that audition was so awesome to be all these people. And my final room that I went in turned into what basically was the cast. It was like Donnie Wahlberg, Frank John Hughes, uh, uh, Kirk Acevedo, all these guys in this final scene that when I showed up in England, oh, cool, that must have been it at the end when, you know, the mixing and matching thing. But it was a, it was a horrible experience as far as just you know tired and uh you're you're constantly working we did six day work weeks and you're in the one the one thing uh, about band of brothers that's really neat is you know if damian lewis and ron livingston are talking in a jeep and having a scene and there's a thousand soldiers behind them just walking in the distance blurry we are those soldiers because they didn't hire they, they didn't hire another group to be in the background we were that was part of the job so you would look at the call sheet every day and there'd be 300 numbers and you were in every single scene. So it was a commitment, but uh, again, what it's done for me and it was an honor to be a part of it. That was a whole other thing that I didn't realize. Well, sure. And it also led to some cool stuff because obviously we were friends, you know, we were, we were very good friends at the time when you went away to do that. But when you came back, oftentimes some of the, some of the nice little perks of, of, of doing these kind of very, you know, high end quality projects with people, you know, such as Spielberg and Hanks is that you get to hit the award circuit. 
you get to kind of do a little bit of fun. And now I believe that you and I, uh, about I'm going to say the gold. I'm going to say it's Golden Globes, uh, circa your band of brothers and my beautiful mind. Um, and so and awesome, so we yeah. got to see each other a lot, kind of going 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 yeah. through that. But right. we had one great night at the Golden Globes. Yeah. Uh, so and I I think you know where I'm going with this. Um, so but before we before you tell this story, let me just preface it by saying Scott Grimes is a Boston born. Okay, is is a, is a Massachusetts-born kid who grew up in the states. However, for some reason, not only does he love hockey and all things Canada, his favorite favorite musician is Brian Adams. Brian <laughs> Adams. So That's now, now so before we touch on the Golden Globe story, I want to tell a story really quickly about Mr. Alaska. Okay, so. In Mr. Alaska, as Scott said, you know, you bond and you do truly become friends. We were teammates and we were friends, all of us. And, you know, on our downtime, there wasn't a heck of a lot to do in Canmore, Alberta, where we shot the, the movie, other than play hockey and go out to the bars and drink a lot. Uh, but sure enough, in the main city, which was about two hours away, Calgary, Alberta, there was a concert on a Saturday night, and we all had that night off, and we all went down to this concert, and lo and behold, it was Brian Adams. Now, you might just think to yourself, well, hey, we, we enjoyed the concert, it was absolutely fantastic, uh, and then we all went home and went back to work, you know, on Monday morning. But at this particular concert, we all decided that we wanted to get Scott Grimes up on stage to sing with Brian Adams. And Scott, being a Brian Adams fan, knew in the back of his mind that one of the things that Brian Adams does at his concerts is somewhere in the middle of his show says, everybody, I'm going to bring a fan up on stage, and they're going to sing with me. And so we knew this. And so we cheered, and we screamed, and we put Scott on our shoulders. Oh, and, Kevin's shoulders. On Kevin's <laughs> shoulders, who happens to be six foot six, two hundred and fifty pounds at the time, uh, uh, and uh, and Brian Adams searches the crowd of, gosh, it had to be fifty thousand people uh, at, at the Saddle Dome uh, in Calgary, and points over here. Is he pointing to us? We say, is that us? <laughs> Wait, is that us? I think he's looking at me. Is he looking at me? He's looking at Scott. You, sir, come on down. Scott Grimes goes down on stage. Fill the rest in for us, Scotty. Okay, so you have a huge part. And I've told you this in the past, so you know I'm not making this up. We, you know, we hold moments that we don't understand why we hold them. I mean, I can remember things when I was three years old that have no reason for me to remember them. But for some reason, we remember. And I ran down there. I jumped over this barrier. I got in trouble. The security guy was like, you should have gone around. I'm like, are you kidding me, dude? Why would I go around? It's quicker to jump over this. <laughs> um, and I run up on stage and I'm so elated. And Brian Adams puts his arm around me and I'll never forget looking over at my group of buddies. And I know there was about three or four or five of us over there. And the only person I remember is Jason Gray Stanford with the most, I wish you could see me now, guys. The, he was more happy for me than he would be for anybody in his life. And it was so genuine, this face, that's burned into my soul. 
and he screams like, ah, Scotty, like you did it, man. We did it. And I'll never forget that, man. You, you that is something I hold very dear to me. Yeah. And the only, <laughs> the only mistake I made in this story is Brian Adams uh, said, where are you from? And, in, you know, into the mic with 50,000 people instead of fucking saying, you know, anywhere else. <laughs> I said Los Angeles, <laughs> and the crowd just hated it. Yep. They hated it, um, which is funny to come back to what you said. Growing up in Massachusetts, I told everybody I was from Brantford, Ontario, because the only city I knew because Wayne Gretzky was from. Yep. So that's why I pretended to be Canadian my whole life, because I wanted to be like taken seriously as a hockey player. And I thought if I was from this small town, this only place. So I should have said that. Yeah, <laughs> I should Kitchener, which I knew Kevin was from. I should have said yeah. Thunder, Thunder Bay and where Kevin was from. But they booed. And then he asked me what song I wanted to sing. And I said, uh, Summer 69, just because you blank. You, I wanted to, now I should have said some weird random song that people would respect. But I take his biggest hit away from him. And that's uh, when I heard the guitar just go. Yeah, and now and and ladies and gentlemen, and I'm, I'm sure if, if you don't know, Scott Grimes is an incredible, incredible uh, uh, musician, singer, songwriter, as I said uh, in the intro. All those things are incredibly true. So not only did he pick Summer of 69, Brian Adams, probably greatest hit. He also crushed it. Now, here's the yeah, thing. So, by the way, after the first two lines came out of his mouth, nobody remembered he was from Los Angeles, California. They thought he was from Calgary, Alberta. That's where they thought Scott was from. Uh, and even Brian Adams, uh, you know, just sat back on his uh, drum kit or on one of the one of the amps yep. and just said. He was, drinking, he was drinking an Avion water and I turned around to him as if to say, is that enough? Should I stop? Because, we, you know, we're doing, I'm doing your big hit. And he waved at me like, dude, go do your thing, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and it was great. Now, and now listen, we'll both get in trouble if I do not mention to you, Michael Bowie was there. Yeah. He was there. I do know that. <laughs> oh, I don't. Yeah, I do know that now. Uh, but, but you again, completely blanked that he was there. That's right. So if, if Michael, if Mike, if Mike is listening to this there. podcast, buddy, I got your back. No, I do remember that he was there now, but I, he, whether he'll get mad at me here he claims that he wrote on a wendy's uh bag and put it and get sent it back to brian adams as if just and i think it said six throw up from the right is a guy that can sing i mean if that's true that's awesome of him but i i don't know if the wendy's bag got to brian hi i'm michael buey I'm working on a movie called Mystery Alaska right now. I'm playing Connor Banks, number 10. Could you please pick my friend, Scott Grimes? He's the redhead in row 29B in the nosebleeds. But I love him. If that is true, I love Mike in every way. And he he was, uh, that is freaking cool. And, and Well, I do know one thing. He would have done anything possible to get you up on stage as well, uh, yeah, with, 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 without a doubt. Um, and now, okay, anyway, so Back listen. Forward. Yeah, yeah, flash forward. Now we're at the Golden Globes. We're at the Golden Globes. Yeah. Go ahead, you go. Okay, Take great. it, run with it. I'm, yeah. I'm going to play, I'm going to do Brian Adams right now. Go yep. right ahead. Yep. <laughs> oh, dude. So I was at the, the party for Band of Brothers, and, the, you know, guys, the Golden Globes is all at this same hotel, uh, So which makes it great because you can, everybody has their parties in, in the kind of the hotel, and you can meet at each other's parties and whatever. And if I, tell, tell me if I'm telling this correctly, because this story has probably shifted throughout the years for the, to make me look even cooler. <laughs> <laughs> you as well. um, but I was sitting at a party 
and I think of it as you, you and Kevin came into the party. I think I've added that you put your hand on my eyes or blindfolded me or something, but let's just go with that. And you said you have to come with us, right? You didn't tell me why though. Well, because you guys, you guys were at an HBO party. Yes. And I was, yeah. I was at where, where I was at a beautiful, beautiful mind party. party. It must have been Universal. Must have been Universal the Universal party. Or something, yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and you guys led me over to this other party. And I'm like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? And you lead me right up to Russell. And I remember thinking, well, I'm going to be back at the hotel later at Russell's party. Why do I have to see you guys now? And I'm standing there in front of Russell, like, why am I here? And Russell's like, and you're there and Kevin's there. And he's like, hey, mate, I want to introduce you to somebody. And I'm like, who? And sitting over there right next to him was freaking Brian Adams. And do you remember how that went down? Yeah, I, I remember bits and pieces. I remember bits and pieces of it, but uh, I want to hear. I want to hear your. I want to hear your take on he it. He wasn't very nice at all, at all. <laughs> oh like, God. and God bless him. I hope to meet him again. Maybe he was having a rough night, but he had a camera in his hand, and I knew he was like trying to be a photographer and be. I think he is actually a beautiful photographer, but he just kind of weirdly in the middle of a conversation just goes and snaps a picture. And I'm like, oh hey, um, hey Brian. <laughs> And he was kind of like not looking at me and looking around. And then Reve, Neil McDonough's wife, yeah. over. And then he perked up because there's here's this beautiful six foot two South African model. And I'm like, well, thank God you arrived, Reve, because I was I was not killing it at all. I was destroying this conversation. But he just I don't think he liked me much. And and, so Russell's, and Russell's endorsement didn't help. <laughs> you think that would help i think it hurts not that so, sometimes you don't want to meet your idols scott sometimes <laughs> exactly. you don't want to meet your idols exactly so it was more fun telling the story of you guys coming over and excited for me to meet my idol but that's that's part of the story i really adore yeah okay now hey now listen let, let's stick let's stick to the the musical side of this yeah. now for a bit now that we just told a story about brian adams um, let's set, let's stick with Russell and the Russell we're talking about is Russell Crowe. You might know him from a few things. Um, uh, you and Russell collaborate musically often as, as often as you both can. Uh, I noticed today, uh, even though the people can't see it, you're wearing a shirt that says IGP on it. Now that mm. shirt stands for indoor garden party. Yes. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. I mean, again, starts with Mystery Alaska when we would all just sing. Uh, I don't know if we did it a ton with Russell, but that turned into Russell had me do uh, some pianos and some background vocals on, what's it called? Gaslight? Was Gaslight, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was his record with 30-odd with, uh, foot of grunts. So that he actually, he actually had us, I think, all come in and do backgrounds yeah, and then yeah, replaced right. us all with you. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that started that, and then... Did a couple more records with Russ, and uh, we really when it started to shift is when Russell met Alan Doyle, who who's whose shirt whose shirt I'm wearing right yeah, now. In yeah, fact, yeah, yeah. You absolutely uh, are. Yeah. That's right. Which, by the way, long story. I mean, I'll make this short. Comes back to Mystery Alaska when Kevin Durant turned myself as a person from the United States onto Great Big C, which is still you know my one of my favorite bands, and Alan Doyle at a party at the, the penthouse of the, the Banff Springs Hotel, remember? Yep, I absolutely do, yeah. So, yeah, and he started to play the song, Russell and I fell in love with Great Big C, and years later, he meets Alan Doyle, they start writing together, and that's when, 
we kept we kept doing music throughout the time Russell and I but then we did Robin Hood and Robin Hood brought all these things that Russell liked together um uh, Alan and Carl and me and 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 Russ and that's when we decided to make IGP which was and if you ask me what the name comes from I'll tell you but you're going to be disappointed it's not cool there's zero there's nothing rock and roll about why this band is called IGP well you've got to, well you've got to lay it you've got to lay it on our listeners cuz you started well, now it's just it really is this and you know what an indoor garden party is and I if I'm if I'm wrong then you'll get someone telling you this indoor garden party is a british garden party <laughs> indoors because it rains so much so they started calling them indoor garden parties so we do these concerts before igp and russell liked to call them indoor garden party indoor garden parties so we'd have a stage with a with a, with some trees in the back indoors that cool that's a good idea but then we go to make the record and he decides he wants to name us indoor garden party and i just thought <laughs> there's 10 million <laughs> Why not Russell? Why not Russell in the Rockers? Something <laughs> even better yeah. than the Garden Party. I, it's I, I like it now because I'm used to it, and the shirt is awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good shirt. Yeah. Yeah, Ru- yeah. Ru- Russell always had a knack with his with his uh, with his first band, uh, Thirty Odd Foot of Grunts, and yep. obviously graduating to the uh, to the IGP. Always yep. had a knack for making good shirts. <laughs> sure did, no matter what was on them. Um, but that's it, yeah. We do we do shows. We did a record, which I love. It's kind of this, you know, nothing better than a bunch of guys in their forties and fifties, and one girl just singing rock music. Uh, but it seems to it we you know we have a good time. And uh, yeah, you- well, well, listen, listen, and obviously, uh, you know, you guys work incredibly well together on the uh, music side. You also work incredibly well together on the. Uh, acting side, uh, and uh, I will uh, I'll mention this is a couple of things I want to touch on. But you you mentioned Alan Doyle. Mm-hmm. There's another Doyle that I want to talk about. That's the Republic of Doyle, which you have uh, also been part of, uh, which uh, we which we which we both did, which is a, a very a very kind of uh, a very famous show uh, in Canada where I'm from, uh, and it translates you know uh, around the world, but it certainly uh, you know found its home. Uh, and it's from it's a show from the east coast uh, of Canada, uh, namely uh, in Newfoundland, and shot in Saint John's, Newfoundland, which is uh, kind of a, a city of about two hundred fifty thousand of the coolest people you could ever possibly meet. Um, this particular uh, series uh, was headed, kind of created, headed by, starred, produced, written, uh, you know, by uh, uh, a gentleman named Alan Hocko. Now, how did yourself, Russell, Kevin, for, for, all, for, for, that, for that matter. Uh, come, how did this show come about for you guys? Because I know how it came about for me, because basically it came up that uh, Alan knew me, that who knew you, et cetera, et cetera. But, I, but, but Alan came to you to vet me, to check on. He was like, yeah, should I work with this guy? Should I work with the guy? And you were the guy who really helped get me that job. And I wound up doing a whole handful of episodes for you those sure guys. Did. And I was honest. I'm like, dude, you're going to get, uh, you know, he asked me about a lot of friends of mine at the time. And I'll never forget. He was Scott Campbell, who was a mutual friend of ours, Jay, right? He asked me about him. And I was <laughs> at the time like, yeah, no, Campbell's great. Campbell's terrific. He's <laughs> But when he said you, I was like, well, that you're going to get, you know, one of the best actors who's going to just do the job you want him to do because you're, you're very versatile. And that comes back to when I saw Mystery and was like, dude, this guy. Um, but I, I'll never forget, we were doing, we were making Robin Hood 
And Alan Hocko, who I'd never met before, came to England to interview Sean McGinley, who's in yes. the pub of Royal, right? Yep. He was just auditioning him. And so we went to the pub and I met this guy, Alan Hocko, who was chubby at the time. Now he's just like ripped. Yeah, well, um, we'll edit that out because that'll just break his heart. Oh, no, he'll know. He'll know. He'll know because he was chubby at the time. And he was like, he, he, this was his last like pub before he had to rip up for the Republic of Doyle. We call we call we called him Alan Choco. Yeah. <laughs> now you have to edit that out. Yeah, I gotta edit that bit. <laughs> um, but that's how I met. And then when we were finished with Robin Hood, I think it was Russell that had the idea. I just wanted to get the you know the band back together basically and do a show. And he said, let's do a show in St. John's, an IGP show. And Alan went, well, this is Doyle. Well, if you're going to be here, why don't we all do an episode of the, of the Republic of Doyle? So that, that first episode I did, Republic of Doyle, boy, oh boy, you know this, Jay. That crew and that cast is just spectacular. It's one of the best groups of people I've ever worked with. But to do that show and have to rehearse at night and get ready for this other show. That was brutal, man. But it was all, it was all so we could do a, a concert. That was it. That's how we got involved with that. And then yeah, I, ended up and doing, I ended up doing some more Republican oils and it was best time of my year. Every yeah. Time. And I bring, and I bring that show up too. Cause you know what? It might not be a show that's on the tip of everybody's tongue, but it's a show that I was very proud to be a part of obviously yeah, being too. a Canadian boy. Um, obviously very proud of Alan Hocko just, and, and, and Vatran and all the Perry Chafe and all the, all the boys who put that together. Okay. Um, you know, and, and, and I agree with you. It was one of the, one of the most kind of just down to earth, real crews and real shows that I've worked on, uh, in my time. Now you talked about getting the boys back together. Well, yeah. you did that again on a movie you just mentioned, Robin Hood. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Crow, yourself, Big Kev, and Alan Doyle. Uh, yeah. amongst, amongst many other huge movie stars, uh, Kate Blanchett, Bill Hurt, um, who played, who was King John? Uh, 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 Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Yeah, Oscar Isaac. I mean, a wonderful, wonderful, just, but a great, uh, uh, Mark, Mark Strong. I mean, yeah. just a terrific, I'm sure I'm leaving out many, many, many terrific, terrific other actors on that. Max von Sydow, the late Max von Sydow, um, Matthew McFadden. Wow, I could go on and on forever uh, with that. But tell me, tell me about that one, because you know, I might be wrong, but and you can clear this up. But weren't you working on something else? And it was yeah. tough for you to it was tough for you to make that work. I was doing the 15th season of ER and we were thinking that we weren't going to do another season of ER. And then it was official. Uh, and I got a call from Russell, who I wasn't very close with at the time. Uh, he had we had not I had, a, you know kids and um, we kind of just weren't hanging for a bit. Not, nothing bad happened. So to get that call was was strange. And he says, I'm doing uh, Robin Hood and I want you to play Will Scarlet. And you know, now again, in hindsight, it was musical because he wanted Alan and myself and Kevin and he wanted it to be a very musical Robin Hood, why people would be together and you know, be that the merry men need to be merry because they drink and they sing. That was his whole thing. But <laughs> I was working on ER and uh, and you you have something to do with this story, I believe. And the first thing was uh, Ridley wants a read through. And I remember hearing, because Russell wanted an Irishman, a Yorkshireman, a Scotchman, a, a, and a Welshman. So he wanted me to play Welsh. And man, I went to YouTube and listened to the Welsh accent and you could have been speaking anything. I couldn't understand it. I just was like, whatever. So I knew that if I went to this read through, that I was gonna blow it. 
So, but I blew it for you, pal. I blew it for you because I was at that read-through. On yep. my left was Christian Bale reading yep. King John. Paul yep. Giamatti's over here reading, uh, yep. you know, amongst uh, others that I won't, go, I won't go into. But Kevin Durant okay. is playing Little John right across and just killing it. Yeah. He's over there. And they're like, and you, Jason, is Will Scarlet hit me with some Welsh. <laughs> yeah and that was about it and russell looked over to me and he goes no nah, i'm getting scott for this one well no the thing is yeah. i don't i i probably could have gone in i realize now that it was all about the music and you didn't you know it's robin hood we were gonna we were there to you know just make him look even better than he looks anyway it was uh and so I think you didn't have a, I don't mean this in a bad way. I don't think. I, no, no, I was, I was, I was filler. I was like, I was like, uh, yeah. I was like, like uh, Mike Tyson's sparring partner. You deserved it. So like when I couldn't go to the, the, the training after I got the role and they're like, you have to show up for two weeks of training in, at Brussels farm. And uh, I couldn't because I had to finish ER. So I'm like, Oh, I'm going to, they're going to get Jason. No matter what I did, they wouldn't hire me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I wanted that role. Uh, but that was uh, that was a time. That was just, again, if anything could compare with Mystery Alaska, it would be Robin Hood. And a lot of, you know, two factors of that was Russell and Kevin. Uh, so that's why it felt familiar. And it was as close to Mystery Alaska as, you know, because it was just no, there's no downtime with Russell. You know that. He's always planning something. On Tuesday, we're doing this. On Wednesday, Absolutely. we're doing Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's what's one of the things that great one. I've never met a I've never met uh, a guy who just has, the mind is working 24, 24, 24 seven. Uh, yeah, we worked we, hard. We worked hard and did a, a lot of music for for in that time in that time too. Yeah, well, I, I mean, hey, listen, I thought that was I thought that was a wonderful film too, a wonderful ensemble film, uh, yeah. and uh, and obviously beautifully shot. How lucky is it to get uh, not too many people get to work with Ridley Scott. Yeah, I mean, you know, and you know. got to work with both the brothers in your time. I, I absolutely did. That's right. I don't know about yeah. my accent. I worked, you know, I looped half that movie because I I learned how to do it a little better after the fact. So uh, I don't know. There's people out there who are like, God, you're at you're Welsh as shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, you were certainly you were certainly uh, certainly uh, kind of uh, burdened with the, the the hardest accent uh, that that absolutely. I think one of the hardest ones that I think is out there w without question. Um, now you, you spoke you spoke a little bit about we joked about it here about getting apart and not getting apart. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, there there's one little example. I'm here at the table read doing this, but the part's going to you. It's all it's already happening. Um, there's a couple of things that come to my mind when you when you say that. One of them is 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 first and first off, I'm going to start by saying this. Most of the listeners on the Randy Disher podcast are probably wondering right now. You haven't mentioned Monk at all. Why aren't you talking about your show? Uh, well, I tell you what, Scott Grimes does have a very interesting connection to Monk. And what is that connection, Scott? You want me to start with the connection, or if you want to start? The, it, oh, it, you it, start anywhere you want, my it, friend. It, 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 look again. I try to bring everything back to where you and I met, and when all the Canadian boys from Ministry Alaska at the end of this were, were looking at me and going, "Dude, I'm coming to L.A. afterwards. I'm gonna have to start my career in L.A." You had already kind of been in L.A., but everybody's doing their thing, and secretly, I mean, to their face, I'd be like, "That's a great idea. Totally come to L.A." But in my mind, I'm going, "As long as it doesn't get in my fucking way." <laughs> As long as nobody beats me out for shit. And uh, that happened. It happened. I auditioned for Monk. 
Now, it's not a great story because usually the story could be, I went in and I auditioned, I killed it, it was awesome. And I got a call back and it was great. And then it's, oh, it's between Jason and I, woo! <laughs> That's not this story. I went in, auditioned for Monk, didn't do a good job, or maybe I did a good job, but didn't even get a call back, nothing. And next thing I know, you got it. And I think it was the first time in my life that I couldn't hide. Let's say you told me in real life. Let's say we were having a drink. <laughs> yeah. I definitely couldn't hide the, are you kidding me? Pulling my beard out. <laughs> but it's absolutely true. And I was very happy for you, of course. I'm very happy for that, that show. But uh, I did not get it. It's that simple, man. I did not get it because of this or that. I didn't get it because I wasn't good enough. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, there, well, that's well, 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 there you go. See, that's funny, funny, funny how the world works. But I'll never forget being happy for you and also like, damn it, this show's he's making cash and he's doing great. <laughs> yeah. Damn well, I, as, 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 now, now listen, once, once again, let me just tell everybody out there uh, who happens to be listening to this podcast, mom, uh, I just want to let you know <laughs> <laughs> that uh, please do not cry for Mr. Scott Grimes because in lieu of getting Monk right around that same time. And he's mentioned it a little earlier in the show. He got another television series and that series was called ER, possibly one of the most iconic television series to grace the airwaves in like literally the last like, you know, half century. Um, so buddy, talk to me a little bit about ER because what I want to bring up about that is, is, is very simple. When you joined ER, the main kind of core group who kind of started that series, because obviously you guys ran for a very, very long time, which is a true feat in itself. The core group had kind of all maybe moved on to other jobs and many of them got very famous. Um, and then you guys kind of were the new wave, the kind of the second wave to come in. Usually what happens on a television series like that is the show kind of plateaus and then kind of tanks and peters out because nobody wants to see this new group. They want to see George Clooney and Juliana Margulies still and Anthony right. Edwards still. That did not happen with ER. No. That went the other way. You guys kind of brought new life back into this television series and really took it from where it was and moved it right along to a beautiful kind right. of uh, finale, which once again, most shows never get to do, never, never make it to the end on their own terms. Yeah. Thanks for that. I mean, uh, look, a lot of it had to do with the, the, the people like Noah Wiley, um, who stayed throughout the time coming in and out and other veterans that were kind of leaving at the time that weirdly enough trained us, but without knowing they were training us. Cause if you paid attention on that show, if you were a guest actor, which I was, I was supposed to do two episodes, it turned into seven years. Um, if you paid attention, and did what they did uh, and could juggle and chew gum and ride a bike at the same time, because that's what that show was, then you were gonna, they weren't getting, they weren't getting rid of you. So I paid attention and I, I watched, you know, so those old, those, uh, those veterans on that show really helped the new thing. And also the show ran like a fucking machine. Like there was, if you, again, if you just followed the rules uh, you and, and you know, of that, of the, of the speed of that show, uh, that's what happened one day. I was talking to an emergency room doctor years after I started. And I'm like, hey, how are we doing? And they're like, yeah, man, you're doing great. I love watching that show, but why do you guys talk so fast? <laughs> it's like, there's no reason to. You're just saying, and like half the time, I'm like, 
What did he say? I'd be pissed at you. I need to know this. Tell me it. I'm like, I ah, know we have to do that for the energy. But other than that, people really, uh, the doctors really liked that show, but it was a gift that show, man. It was, a- yeah, it sure was. In I- fact, buddy, in fact, the, uh, out of like, we all have our regrets and jo- jobs we didn't get. I was always so, I always wanted to do guest spot on ER in my time, you know, and Monk unfortunately crossed over so much, yeah, but they never ever brought me in. And I, I like, I remember I had my agents call dude and I'd be like, is there anything, is there can you, anything? I'll just, I just want to go in and like, and do something on that show. Uh, you know, and obviously you not only because you were on it, but you know, for, for many other reasons as well, because it was just such a great show and such just such a staple kind of show. Uh, but that was one of always one of my regrets was not being able to uh, not being able to do yeah. uh, not be able and, to do ER. I'll never forget. I'll never forget that guest spot I did on Monk. Oh wait, I didn't. How did I? That's right. That's because you were busy working on ER. <laughs> I know. I would have loved That's to. Right. But no, man, you're you're right. I would that would have been great for you to be on that. It was a it was a terrific show, and we're still. Just like you and the and the cast of Monk, we're still really close. That 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 cast, really close. Yeah, that I I mean, and it certainly it certainly shows. And you guys have spawned some, you know, you know, one they're just wonderful actors who kind of graced your, you know, ER stages, you know, too as as well. Yeah. Um, out of that, yeah. you know, it's a, which is which I which is which is pretty cool. Um, now I'm gonna kind of change gears completely from I mean from from. Uh, television and film. And I'm going to go into the voice world for a second, Scott. Um, You do the voice of Steve Smith on American Dad, amongst many other voices that you have done. But this one is probably the one that you are, without a doubt, most well known for. That, I mean, like you're, I mean, we're talking like the Simpsons family guy, you, there you go. Boom. Uh, uh, How did, now, now, obviously, hey, at the bottom line, I feel like this acting's acting, but something about voice acting that I always find that is so much fun because you can yeah. wear your baseball hat, your glasses. Yeah. You don't have to put the makeup on. You don't have to worry about God, do I look fat in the shot? Like you don't have to worry right. about anything like that. You can just let it all hang out. And usually, you know, you're doing a little bit of a heightened version of some sort of voice or some sort of character. Sure. Um, yeah. So talk to me a little bit about just kind of your experience on American dad and just kind of the longevity of that show how Steve Smith came about and just how you guys keep it so fresh all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, I was doing ER. It was like my second season of ER and uh, it was lunchtime. And I had said to this uh, friend of mine who played one of the orderlies, Hey man, I'm supposed to my friend Seth, cause I was friends with Seth McFarlane. We were good friends. Uh, so he wanted me to go in and do this voice and I could not come up with a voice and I was nervous. So he said, dude, just come in, do anything. I just need to hear you. I want you for this. But I had to kind of audition. I don't know if a ton of other people did. I think Seth Green did, but he was already working on Family Guy. And this friend of mine, Mark, talked me into going to the audition, which I still, I owe him a a lot lot of money. Um, uh, And I went, and I went at lunch, and I stood there in front of Seth in his booth, and I had come up with this, like, really exaggerated Spongebob slash Urkel voice that really hurt my throat when I did this. And Seth looked at me and he goes, okay, I like it. You know, it's this nerdy kid, but don't do the throat thing. Just do whatever voice you were doing anyway, right? But without the neck. So he not only helped me, because I wouldn't have been able to sustain that ever. Uh, you know, I would have, I've three lines out and I would have been hoarse. And thank God he didn't say, Okay, what? Uh, give me something else. What else you got? Because I didn't have anything else. 
I really truly didn't have a voice. And I still to this day admire like real beautiful voice actors like Dee Bradley. I think you do amazing stuff all the time too that I've heard you do, Jay. Because I'm really not. I, I have like a wheelhouse of three or four. I can do a dumb guy, a jock, a, you know, smart kid, whatever. But that's all I have. And that turned into, yeah, this. And, and the whole thing about American Dad and the reason why I think we're still on, if you can understand the comedy of Seth MacFarlane more than you can, the it's all about energy with him. If your voice comes through on a microphone, if your voice comes through in uh, as an actor, he's all about hearing that. And then the comedy on top of that, which is a specific comedy. It sounds like it's uh, idiotic, but it's really intelligent. Uh, you know, there's that fine line between the two. If you can understand Seth MacFarlane's voice, and I mean that through his writing, then that then you'll be then you could do all of his shows. Oh yeah, no, with, without question. And I mean, uh, you know, obviously, I, I don't know. Seth at all, but I know one thing: uh, how incredibly talented he is. Uh, his yeah. his his actor mind, his producer mind, his writing mind, his director mind. Yeah. He kind of really kind of has all those compartments. You know, yeah. you know, runs a, runs a tight ship with all that stuff, which I'm always amazed at because you know I I, I can't keep you know like I acting. Yeah, let me just do that. I can't juggle all those balls. The way you know yeah. certain certain guys can um, now obviously American Dad you know uh, starts when did you guys start that when when when, when what year was that maybe two thousand three two thousand and three okay so I mean there you go they, we we know that that's a yeah. long time so cut two maybe yeah. about three years ago four years ago um, mm -hmm. uh, along comes this show called The Orville yeah. which you're currently filming now now you're currently filming season three is that right. We are, yeah. Okay, so yeah. I want you to talk to me just a little bit about, because this is going to deals with the world here a little bit too. You guys kind of came out of the gate, boom, season one, boom, season two, boom, put the brakes on COVID. Absolutely, we disappear yeah. now for a year, to a year and a half, perhaps, maybe. I, I'm not sure you were. I believe you guys started filming your third season and then they pulled the plug because the pandemic hit and you guys kind of had to regroup, take some time off. And now I know you're back at it filming right so tell me tell me a little bit just kind of about the orville in general uh tell me about how that kind of affected you during the pandemic that show because you guys were getting momentum you were moving along yeah. things were coming together um uh and then taking that big break and now getting back at it yeah it's it's any anything after covid is tough because of the new rules that you know sets sets are like he wants you to be as comfortable as you can to do <laughs> Remember this, every line that's written for you, Seth knows exactly how to say it. So he struggles, he struggles all the time. Uh, he doesn't do much with me because again, I know that comedy he's going for. But most of the time it has to, he, his level of perfection, perfectionism is yes, that Yes, yes, you got it. Okay, good. Is, okay, good. Uh, is beyond and people get frustrated with it. So we, it takes us a little bit longer to film something because it has to reach that. So picture there's a graph it has to hit all those notes in Seth. Sure, I'm sure he's very audio uh, tuned, right? So everything's on. Yeah, yeah. So it has to do that. So we take a little longer to film. Uh, yeah, the pandemic. Here's a great example. I will have celebrated three uh, as of this July. I would have celebrated three birthdays in season three since we started filming. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's yeah. yeah, that's amazing. I actually just I just had my 
my birthday, May 19th. And that's like two pandemic birthdays that I was like, yeah, wow, exactly. two so times I just sat at back. home and cried watching TV by myself. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been tough, you know, for everybody, for everybody in the industry. Uh, it's been tough, but we, we found a rhythm again, I think. I think we'll see. Now, when, now, now, when do you guys, when do you guys uh, come back again? Now, you guys switched, you switched. You were on Fox for a couple of years. Yep. Now, you guys have switched and over Hulu. to Hulu. Yeah. Uh, and when does, when does, when are we, when are we to expect it? When's everybody out there to expect it? I was going to ask you. Um, no, what, what it, he, what he does, Seth, is we have to finish filming before he really even starts editing. Yep. So, so sometime in stuff. 2025, we're going to see the third season of Orville. <laughs> yeah. I would say by Christmas. Yeah. I'd say it's a Christmas release for season three because we're going to be done in July. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I would say keep your fingers crossed for Christmas. And it's going to most likely the last season because we're kind of wrapping it up. And then hopefully maybe we'll do some movies. That's my wish and his wish. And oh, that's great. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, that's great. I mean, you can go in any direction nowadays with uh, exactly. the way the streaming exactly. and uh, everything works yeah. and these limited series and all that kind yeah. of stuff. People often ask us on Monk, you guys come back and do like a you know a movie uh, you know and that question yeah. comes up all the time and do a, a two-hour movie and uh, they we we said yeah we totally will but nobody wants to hire us back anymore apparently <laughs> i would love to see that. Yeah. that that'll happen yeah. you know yeah apparently we had we had our creator on the show andy breckman and he was just like yeah i guess we cost too much money or i don't know i don't know we're ra we're raring to go to do one if uh, <laughs> if we can because I, I love that idea too i love like going in and doing like a boom two-hour movie get in get out it would be great yeah yeah. Yeah. Love, love. I like, I mean, I like working on the Orville. It, it, it goes to show five years ago, Seth at a party walked up to me and said, Hey man, I'm writing. And he's, you know, he's a quiet guy. Hey man, I'm writing this uh, Star Trekky kind of show. Would you be interested in doing television? And I loved when he asked me that. Cause I'm like, exactly how you're looking right now, Jay. Like what I want. I, I go, yes. Oh no. Sorry. Um, now I'm still working on my film career, Seth. <laughs> I know, dude. Do I look like I was going to move on? Uh, dude, Robin Hood 2 coming around the pipe. I know. <laughs> they ain't knocking on the door. Uh, so, and then like a party three months later, he was like, hey, I'm still thinking of this thing. And, I, you know, of course, I'm like, oh, maybe he'll, he'll get somebody who's, who he's working on at the time. And he won't remember me and whatever. And he did. And I, yeah, it was, it's, it, it, he's, a, he's a good dude because he, promises you something or brings something up and it always it always happens yeah but that's great but you know but once again it goes to show like good dudes work with good dudes you know yeah. and obviously you guys yeah. had a relationship before obviously your work on american dad is stellar you guys were friends before so you think about that I, that's one of the things that i love most about this business is when you find these opportunities to you know work with your pals uh you know take them because not only do you get to be pals but you get to create oftentimes some great some great shit and some great, great stuff. Perfect. I actually remember that 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 let's that reminds me right now is you did a movie, a little indie called Pearly Gates, and you called me up and asked me to do oh, a cameo on that. Yes, of yeah. course. We did yeah, that. and then yeah. and then actually forced me to sing somewhere in the you middle did. of that, which is one of the most terrifying yeah. things that I had to do when you actually 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 have to sing in front of singers and people who yeah. really know what they're doing. Luckily, I was in a scene with uh, Vincent Spano, who uh, yeah. who made me look. You're good. terrific in that. You're really terrific in that. And we, I haven't really, like we, I probably did years ago, but how difficult it is, even as a singer. And you have a nice voice. I, I we, we've sung over See, the years. You know, you know what, you know what, a, you know when he says a nice voice, everyone. You know what that means? Yeah, it's exactly what you think it means. Uh, no, he can carry it. Yeah, you're, it's you're, really a, you're a fine actor. You're fine. <laughs> 
No, you what you did in that movie, which is very difficult to do, is like say a line to someone, act, and then the next line you're singing it. Uh, that's not easy, and and to pull that off, and that's why I thought of you. I'm like Jason. We'll take the challenge. And I, another movie, Scott Campbell uh, wanted to do, and I was like, oh no, Jason, I don't. Well, Scott wouldn't. Scott, when he sings, has to do this weird, goofy dance, right? I don't know what it is that he does. Um, it's just something that happens. And I was just so happy. Your performance in that is excellent. Uh, and it's very difficult to do what we had to do in that movie. Yeah, well, you'd, certainly. And you had the lion's share to do. Uh, but I, but as I say, it really, it, it, once again, the, the reason I bring it up is because it's always so great to try and, you know, cultivate these relationships where you can do this. You know what I mean? Um, now, now, speaking of cultivating relationships, you uh, have been in this entertainment business, Scotty. Dude, for for you know as long as I I can remember, I'm gonna bring up something just just that that I remember the first time I saw you, you were on a TV series with Brian Dennehy called Birdland. Yes, and you played a character named Scott McKenzie, I believe. Okay, wow. and it was filmed up in Vancouver. All mm -hmm. right, and I turned the TV on one day, and I saw this young, redheaded kid sitting and I, i'm not sure how the scene went but he was playing his guitar and he was singing a neil young tune helpless right. was the name of the song and i was just so enthralled with his voice and and i i thought to myself who is this 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 guy who 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 is this and then he proceeded to to do a very short scene uh after that yeah. after that kind of you know you almost played you got a good portion of the song out and i was like wow that guy's good who is that? Is that and I literally thought, is that like a local actor? Because that sucks if it is. Because I'm, I'm, I think I'm pretty good, right? And uh, you know, this is my town, Vancouver. Right? <laughs> um, and and it turned out to be you, um, you know. And then, but but that led me to then look up everything you had done, and kind of see where, like, where did this kid come from? Um, and obviously. Uh, you know, you came from some, uh, you know, you have got some pretty decent pedigree, uh, pal. You were, uh, you know, you ran in those circles, you know, way before social media, dude, when there was Tiger Beat, Teen Beat, you know, the uh, Alyssa Milano's of the world, the, 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 the Batemans, the Corey Feldman's, the, the late Corey yeah. Haynes. These guys yeah. were all your kind of posse. And that was a time in the business when you know, you guys, like, you really all, like, actors really hung out together, and you kind of grew up yeah. together, and you, I mean, in, in a sense, kind of like, you know, like, the the Brat Pack, you know, the Andrew McCarthy's, and the Judd Nelson's, and, you know, all, like, but but where yeah. it was just completely, you know, just kind of footloose, and kind of fancy free, and you guys did your thing, yeah. like, how was, how was that, because, you know, something we never, we never really talk about it, because we're, we're peers, uh -huh. and contemporaries from a completely different generation, you and I, you know, we were kind of, we were much, you know, when I met you, I think we met when we were probably like 20, 27, 28 years old, you know, but you had a whole kind yeah. of prior life, because I also know, you took a little time off of acting for a while, played some hockey, yep. lived your life, yep. you know, did some, did some other things, pursued some other, you know, uh, ventures and uh, pursued some other avenues. But how was that? How was, how was it kind of living in that time? It was wonderful. And the reason I say that there's a lot of controversial stuff going on now that I get phone calls all the time about this Alfie Soda Pop Club, which was a 
at the time for me was a wonderful place that we all got together in this age between let's say 12 and 15 or 16 was this great time of these i only knew as i got older who i wasn't uh, i had done an episode of who's the boss and i'm hanging out with the star of stand by me you know and feeling like i was the star of stand by me all those guys just made us all feel like we were on the same level of whatever, you know, I, I, I mean that only years later did I go, holy shit, I was, I could, why was I hanging with these guys? They're superstars. It was just a great, all these friendships, but, you know, Haim and Feldman and Alyssa and, you know, briefly River Phoenix and, uh, cause he then went on and tore up the world. Um, it was awesome. And again, we had this place that we all met every Saturday called Alfie Soda Pop Club that has turned a little dark lately because they were talking about some things that went on after hours that I had nothing to do with. My parents picked me up at 11 and I was home and everybody treated me kindly. So my memories of that time and that camaraderie and watching someone like Corey Heyman, Corey Feldman go, we were doing this movie Lost Boys together. I'm like, freaking hey, that's cool. And Alyssa going off and doing this movie. And it was just a really great time of good friends that really supported each other. And it was so small too, right? The, 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 the people that were doing Tiger Beats and all that were just a small group of people. So it's a lot easier to stay comrades when you're a small group. And it was, uh, it's a team. It's the same mystery last year. We were a team, small group of people that can connect. Um, and that's what it was like. It was really spectacular and nothing but support on all, on all fronts. And the parents were great and the sisters and brothers were great. And everybody was, it was like a nice family. Yeah, no, I wanted to ask you that question because um, like it's kind of like in my mind, that's kind of like the golden era, like the, the just like somewhere like, yeah. you know, now like nowadays, you know, social media kind of runs the world and, you know, any anybody can, you know, post a picture of them in a camera and be like, oh, working on set today. <laughs> right. And it's just, yeah. you know, and, and just kind yeah. of, you know, and, it, and, and it's almost like, you know, today kind of there is there is no. uh the, the, not privacy privacy is not the right word but there's just you know everything's just so exposed today you know yeah. you you, you yeah. pulled the curtain ba back and now everything is just out there in the open and there's something really special about kind of that era that you grew up in you know and then obviously really obviously you know a, a great testament to yourself i mean hey i'll be honest man a lot of kind of uh you know younger actors or kid actors as they say don't really grow up into adult actors they don't make it you know, for, for right. whatever reason, you know, for whatever reason, but you managed not only to kind of navigate that, you navigated, as I mentioned, you took some time off and then you obviously came back and have had really, you know, what, uh, what most would, would, would envy a career that most people would envy, you know, just actually looking at my notes today and looking and reading going, gosh, what am I going to cover? What am I going to cover? And what do I have to leave out? That's more important. Right. What do I have to leave up? What what can't I talk about today? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a huge testament to you, brother, that you've that you've that you've lasted the test of time and you're still is, and you're I, still you kicking. I I only agree with you because it's kind of a lucky thing too. You mentioned me stop acting when I was like 16 or 17. You know, I had a girlfriend. I was driving a car, I was playing hockey. It wasn't important to me. And the actor that I was before that, I was kind of this sitcom-y selling my red hair kind of thing. And then when I came back at like 19, Birdland was the one where just naturally I had grown up. I was being asked to act on something that was a little bit more dramatic. 
little bit subtle. And that was the shift where I even as an actor went, wow, what I'm doing right now is really neat. I don't have to be goofy and loud and obnoxious and overacty. I'm actually playing an adult. So Birdland was, was that shift for me. And then Party of Five were the same writers as Birdland. So it just kind of grew into that. Oh, I'm gonna, I can be that actor too. Uh, and so it was really cool why I took that time off. I have no idea. It could have been that I didn't take that time off and I just wasn't acting. Maybe I just didn't get jobs and I've just turned it into that. Oh, I chose to do this, but maybe, you know, uh, I was just lucky either way that I got to, you know, kind of grow up. Yeah. But well, thank you. And, and you know thank what? You. It actually, that, that leads me to just, I just remembered off the top of my head, speaking of things that I don't want to leave out is that you and I both had the pleasure to work on a series called Justified. Yeah. And, and, oh yeah. And now, there, and, now there's, <laughs> and now there's a series that like, in yeah. fact, I think my role on Justified may be my favorite role that I've ever that I've ever got to play, uh, yeah. uh, as an actor, like the, the funnest one, the funnest, the, yeah. the most fun. Um, yeah. but, uh, I want you to talk to me a little about that show, because one of the things I noticed the most about that show was that they had a knack for bringing in, you know, not to toot our horns or anything, but guys who had a little bit of flair for the comedy could could handle, could had comedy chops, let's say, right. and they they right. had a knack for bringing in a lot of actors like that and then making them not do that, and, and yeah, then having I mean, them and and then having them like go right. like you know not straight men by any sort, but letting them play characters, actual real yeah. live characters. We get to create a character, and I remember a story. You were auditioning for at the time for Justified for a character named Seabass. Mm -hmm. And I remember that you left me a voice message one time and you were like, hey, dude, Scott. Um, so listen, I got this audition for Justified. Um, like, I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna do on it, but it's a mouthful. And I got a lot, can I, do you wanna run it? Do you wanna run it with me? Can I run it with you? Yeah. And then, but, but yeah. by the time I got back to you, by the time whatever happened, it didn't happen, but you already went in and did it. But I remember that because because I had done the I had done the show before, but I knew that kind of like that enthusiasm in your voice was like, yeah, because I want to get this. I, this is good. Yeah, there's those certain roles that you'll you'll know, like and and shows actually that you want to be on because you know they, they that show just didn't make me nervous. I knew for some reason that I'd fit in on that show because of why you said they do like a little bit of the quirk or somebody that can be serious, and then if you have to go quirk real yeah, quick that's it yeah you got it that's it you said it much better I than i did absolutely yeah i adored working on that show and i was also the last the producer who i forgot his name you'd remember the writer that always killed everybody he was the main he, he was famous for the phone call and i'll tell you that in a minute i was like the last band of brothers guy that was uh he got on there he wanted uh band he wanted all the band of brothers guys eventually on the show and i was like the last one and i auditioned and got it and he, again, was supposed to do one or two episodes and get killed, but he liked where this character was going. Again, awesome that someone can, can kind of shift uh, because they like somebody. And I ended up being the last of my crew to die because I was going to die yeah, no sure. matter what. And I'll never forget the final phone call after doing seven episodes uh, instead of one or two. And he calls me and he's like, 
this is the call, brother. I love making this call and I hate it, but I'm just written your death scene. I'm like, yeah, that's so cool. Um, but that show was so cool to work. I got to work with Sam Elliott, which was just a gift. Yeah, that, um, yeah, I, I, I do. I still to this day when people say, because, you know, you kind of think quick on your feet sometime and people say, you know, what, what do you think? Yeah. What was the favorite role you do? And people with me Im- immediately assume it's Disher, right? From Randy right. Disher for a month, which is a role that I love and will cherish forever and ever and ever. But for some reason, I, the first one out of my mouth is always playing, you know, Dilly Crow, this out of this crazy Florida crow clan you know uh you know and uh and just just kind of basically i remember that and i think it's really a credit to oliphant it's at one point like i get i get get this first draft of the script read it it's cool and then i get a phone call and they're like yeah now they want you to have a stutter they want a stutter can you do that you know what I mean? And they, and they, um, handlebar mustache. We love that when you're in your audition, we want that. And they just kind of just kept layering it and layering it great? and layering it. And I never will never forget. I went into my costume fitting for that show. And these guys are Hicks from the South. I, I highly recommend it to anybody. Go watch justified after you've watched yeah. ER party of five, American dad, uh, Robin Hood, uh, and monk. Um, <laughs> I highly recommend you also go watch justified, but I remember going yeah. into the costume fitting, uh, and, uh, they had these, these short kind of like, you know, hot pants, which I know you know something about. Um, I do. <laughs> these short, short hot pants and, uh, a, kind of like a ladies tank top that was far too small for me. Uh, and I was just, they put it on. I was like, this is it. Boom. This is it. Ah, Go. This is it. And we, and it was Ah. like one, one, like one fitting five seconds. I was like, dude, but dude, this is perfect. This is perfect. If you could get some vomit on the front of this, we are good to go. My first scene was, and you know, as a guest actor on anything, Jay, you know, that first scene, you're always so it's nervous. I just, I don't know why, you know, you're with this cast and Timothy Oliphant was so kind and he, he must know, he must look at the call sheet or whatever and do he, what he can to, to calm you down or you know, make you feel at home. There was a scene at the bar and he walks in and he's not even dressed yet because he was, you've worked with him. He's kind of famous for, you know, going through the scene and seeing, taking out what isn't necessary. Yep. Uh, and the crew would be like, is Timothy in this scene? Uh, I'd be like, uh, yeah. And like, oh, okay, you can relax, man. We got some time because he's going to come in here. And, <laughs> he's going to come in here and rewrite it. And he did. He walked in. Oh, it's so friendly. And we're saying it. And he says a line and he points to me. He goes, you know what, guys? Scott Scott should say that line I just said. One, he knew my name. I thought that was cool. Uh, made me feel comfortable immediately. And two, he was like, no, that's, he's going to say it way funnier than me. and Or say, no, maybe it was somebody else's line because why would I say that? And I was just thought that was really great. He's giving me a line and... I might not have even spoken in the scene. That's why. Give me a line and said my name. So that was that show. They just always wanted to make it better. And it was just a cool vibe. A cool yeah, it was a cool be. vibe. It was, and it was. And all, all, obviously, and I mean, you know this, it's really nice that that feeling when you're kind of working on a show that is of that caliber as well. No, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Where the other actors, like where you, you got to bring your A game you know, every day. Cause I've worked, and I'll be honest. I mean, I've worked on shows where I was like, I can definitely phone this in today. Cause of who, I, this is what, yeah. this is, this is what I'm working with today. This is good. You know, right. I'll be out of here in five minutes. No problem. Yeah. Right. But, <laughs> exactly. but I love those shows. And I often speak about that with, with the show that I did monk, which was the impetus for this kind of podcast about, you know, how much respect I had for, you know, my castmates and all the great guest stars that we had, 
you know, kind of come through our stages at Paramount, you know, but really it always started with Tony Shalhoub, uh, you know, kind of our main, our, num- our number one, who just set such a high bar that you right. had to bring your A game every day. And I love television shows like that because, I mean, it's the same thing. And I'm sure you know this, especially as a musician as well. I mean, if you're not a little bit nervous going in on day one, you're doing something wrong, you know? Yeah. As a musician, I, you know, everybody's heard this story, but when I was like 16 years old, I heard Bruce Springsteen in an interview say, if I'm not nervous right before I go on stage, I'm quitting. Uh, and I've kept that with me my entire career going, that's okay to be nervous, channel it into something else, um, whatever, you know, energy or whatever. And, and it's, it's, uh, it's always been something I, I say or try to, you know, do before. And I, I remember I wasn't nervous in the Monk audition and that was the problem, I think. That's where, <laughs> that's where well, I, that was a straw that broke the camel's back, pal. Well, that's all right. <laughs> that, that, that's all right. You, you, uh, you gave me, you gave me a career, my friend. You, yeah, Wait, you gave, no, you gave me, the, you gave me a career and uh, I, I, you're welcome. I, I owe you one. I, I feel like, I feel like I paid it back by tanking the Robin Hood read. <laughs> okay thank you you did absolutely yeah so we'll, we'll call it even until the next one uh, we'll call it even we'll it. call it even until the next one but and listen on that note pal i want to let you go because listen i know number one you took time out of your work day uh to come back i'm pretty sure if, if you're not i hope you're in your home studio because if you're in your trailer right now someone's going to be knocking on your door in like five seconds asking you to get... i'm in my trailer right now and i have a picture of the princess bride there's a problem oh, right <laughs> that's what that is that's right another great movie you didn't do the princess no, bride I, <laughs> this has been great jason thanks for reminding me of all the things yeah. i didn't i didn't get beautiful mind i remember saying to russell going why did you why didn't you get, why did I do Beautiful Mind? He goes, nah, man, you weren't right for it. Jason yeah. was right for it. I'm like, okay. That's okay. That's because you're always working, pal. You're always working on stuff. Um, I want to, uh, so I want to say this. First and foremost, dude, thank you for coming on the show. It was, this show was for me. This show was a catch up for me. It was my pleasure. Right. I, I'm so, so, so happy to have you as my pal. Can't wait to see you when our paths cross again, hopefully sooner uh, than later. Sure. Uh, and, uh, listen, I want you to come back and join me because, you know, we, I still got a couple of, I still, we, I got a couple of guys that I want to bring on the show and, uh, maybe we could have you all on together, uh, at some point and we can uh, tell some funny stories. You've been a beautiful friend over the years, man. And this was uh, just gorgeous. And and the only thing I'm doing is missing you right now more because I get to see you and hear you and, uh, we'll catch up very, very soon. You got it, buddy. Listen, thanks for taking time out of your day. Uh, go back. Get to work. Uh, give uh, the family a big hug and a kiss, and I uh, will see you sooner than later. Lara, thank you so much. It was so great meeting you, Scott. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for this opportunity. Bye, buddy. Love you, buddy. Well, there you go. That's my friend Scott Grimes, and that was called that was the cool. Scott Grimes Show. <laughs> can I just say I can totally see why you guys are close friends. You're very similar. He's a really good guy. Similar sense of humor, both entertaining. It was great. Yeah, was and thank, thank you so yeah. much for being so patient and letting us just oh, gab away for you know forty <laughs> minutes or so. Um, I, you know, I, I always I always feel bad when when it's uh, you know a buddy of mine or a pal of mine on the show. No, um, you know, so uh, I get to be the fly on the wall. It's well, fun. that well <laughs> that that's good. Um, and now now listen, speaking speaking of yeah. speaking speaking of uh, just changing gears here. Um, I hear that it's somebody's birthday. Now, whose birthday could it be today? <laughs> it's mine. Is it your actually. birthday today? It's mine. Well, isn't that funny? It because, is. you know, just recently it I was know. my birthday. 
it was yeah. yours and everybody's gonna think we're making this yeah and, and, and in fact and in fact we're not so you know what uh i am yeah. uh, i am paying it right back at you uh for wishing me such a lovely happy birthday uh on last week's episode i'm wishing you one right now a 30 30 years old right behind me 30 right behind me at 31 i, I so still we, younger than we you. have yeah. Yeah, still younger than me and we have so <laughs> so much more i wish so many more that's years right. to go uh that's right yeah but well, but but in you. all that's honesty right. uh very very happy birthday uh to you uh do something incredibly incredibly special um hey but on, on, i want to say this you know what what i thought was really cool is that you know last week's episode was so monk centric I really liked branching yes. off and kind of bringing on just an interesting human being. You know, obviously Scott being another actor yeah. and a singer and a musician, um, you know, yeah. that, that was terrific and being my pal, that was great. But you know what? I think we should, I, I would love to mix it up a little bit. What do you think about that? I think it was great. It was, I mean, you know, you and I both love Monk, obviously, and but we talk about other things besides Monk and we want to hear about other things besides Monk. And I think other people would be interested too. I think this was a perfect uh, example of something a little different. Yeah, it'd be, it, great. it would be great to maybe yeah. get like on a cool author perhaps or, yes. or, or, or yeah or you know like yeah or somebody yeah. yeah i mean i think we should uh, i think we should start to considering that we should be doing uh, that that's why i call, you know that's why we call the show Randy yes. Disher podcast all things monk and more you know because we want to give yes. you guys you know everybody out there kind of a broad overview of kind of uh, you know of what we've got to offer you know that's and who right. knows what it may, right. might be who knows what it might be uh, but i promise you this yeah. do not fear you will get your monk fix but we certainly hope you enjoyed today's episode with Scott because uh once again we could have gone on and on and on Lara uh you know he's <laughs> it, like you know he was he's been in the business forever that young man uh you yeah know. he's had a real career oh my god yeah, yeah with without without question yeah. um and it's easy uh, guy yeah and, and 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 what a pleasure uh so everybody hey if you're yes. not already watching it uh and you haven't watched it go back and binge season one and two of the Orville uh, and uh, season three, you heard it from Scott's mouth, coming out uh, in uh, December, uh, hopefully. Right. So fingers crossed for that. Um, and uh, I think uh, I think it's time to say goodbye for today. What do you think? I think so. Yeah, I think so. So everybody uh, who's out there, remember subscribe if you're not already, uh, and you can uh, find us where Lara. Find us. Uh, we're on Instagram a lot at the Randy Disher Podcast, so come over there. And we also have a Facebook page, the Randy Disher Podcast. Um, but yeah, make sure you're giving us a follow and and check out our website if you ever want to send us an email, therandydisherpodcast.com. Yeah. So this is Lara. I'm Jason. We are the Randy Disher Podcast. Remember, everybody, be kind to yourselves, be kind to animals, and as Randy Disher always says, happiness is a choice. We'll see you soon, everybody. Take care. The Randy Disher Podcast is a member of the Mouthful Media Podcast Network. That's a mouthful.